Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining us today on Proven Improbable. We want to remind you that today's interview will be very video interactive, so please stay tuned. Welcome to Proven Improbable, where we focus on metals, mining, and more. I'm your host, Maurice Jackson. Our featured issuer is establishing itself to become one of the world's leading graphite producers. I'm speaking of DNI Metals, trading on the CSE symbol DNI and on the OTC symbol DMNKF. Joining us for a conversation is Dan Weir, the executive chairman of DNI Metals. Mr. Weir, welcome to the show, sir. Afternoon, Maurice. <laughs> Dan, you have some uh, good news for us today, and I'm looking forward to this interview. DNI shareholders have been awaiting some company updates. Let's get everybody up to speed because I know that uh, you've been working laboriously since our last discussion and want to share the fruits of your labor. So uh, all too often when I talk to speculators, they focus on the tangibles and I'd like to remind subscribers that the intangibles are equally important, which leads to today's press release entitled DNI sponsors Clean Water Day in Madagascar. What can you share with us? Yeah, it's very important. Uh, you know, we take fresh water for granted. I mean, we can walk over to our tap, we can brush our teeth, we can drink the water. You know, in most places in the world, that's not uh, what happens, you know. Um, there are approximately 21 or 22 million people that live in Madagascar, uh, and according to USAID, only, uh, that sorry, that there are over 11 million people in Madagascar that don't have fresh water. Um, Maybe what I'll do now is, is is talk a little bit about what we have done in Madagascar to help a lot of the, the locals. And as I said, our press release today talks a little bit about that. Um, we started a drilling program in uh, April of last year. And part of that program, uh, the government wants you to work with the local community. It's called CSR or community relationship um, uh, that they want us to help the community, do things for the community. And again, it's all part of the program. In fact, they make it mandatory that you do certain things for the local community in order to uh, operate a drilling program. So as part of that, we, because we had a drill rig there, we drilled a water well uh, for the local village. We also, um, they had a small soccer field that was kind of built on the side of a hill and kind of sloping. What we did is because we had the bulldozer there, we went in and we leveled out a whole nice big field um, and, and built them a nice soccer field. When I was there um, a couple of weeks ago, um, there was tons of kids out playing soccer. So it was really great to see that they were actually using that. They also had asked us when we when we were developing the project, we had to put some roads in off the main paved highway. And as part of that, we took and and, and extended the road right back to their village. So now there, it's about a three kilometer road uh, that goes right from their village right out to the paved highway, which they never had before. They always used to just walk back and forth basically on a small path. Uh, through the um, uh, through the bush. The other thing we did when we were putting in the road, remember these people are very poor. Um, they grow fruit trees and basically live 
off the fruit and the rice uh, that they grow. Uh, when we were putting the roads in, we did knock down some of those trees, the fruit trees. We went and planted, and we probably planted two or three times as many fruit trees as we ever knocked down. All along the side of the road, it helps stop the erosion, and it also um, gives them fruit trees. Um, and also, we compensated the people for that too, meaning that we any fruit trees that we knocked down, we actually paid them uh, 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 for that as well. So. So we worked very hard with the local people, and I'm very exciting in the future in, in working with all the local people and, and potentially making their lives better um, you know, with the development of a mine um, because we can give them jobs uh, and we can help them with, with all sorts of other things to improve their life. You know, this is quite remarkable. I had the pleasure of going to Madagascar twice last year to visit the DNI projects. You know, what a wonderful group of people there in the community, and I know they welcome DNI's initiatives. Just from a personal standpoint, because I know you have a very intimate relationship with the community there, how did this event impact you? Well, it's pretty amazing uh, that, you know, we were able to sponsor some of this, uh, you know, the, the, sponsor the event, number one. Number two, uh, in, in being able to give people fresh water. I, I remember when we, back in February of 2017, we were, we were there on the property looking and deciding where we were going to put the road, the route for the road. And one of the routes we looked at was going further to the north and coming in from the north. We ultimately brought the road in from the south to the to the uh, uh, main zone and to the to the village. But we looked at bringing a road in from the north. And our group, there was about five or six of us. We kind of split apart because I wanted to go look over here, see if the road could go that way. A couple of the other guys went went the other way. We got separated and I ended up back at uh, the the village and I didn't have any water with me. I'd left my water bottle with one of the other guys. Uh, and I went over to the small hut and I said, listen, can I get, do you have any water? So they had a barrel, they, they put a cup in the water and handed it to me and I looked in the cup and it was a reddish color. It almost looked like rust. And I'm thinking, oh my God, these people actually drink this water all the time, right? So now that we were able to drill a well and give them fresh, clean water right in their village, you know what? That, that's a pretty good feeling, I, I can tell you. Well, kudos to you. I tip my hat off to you, sir. Uh, job well done there. What kind of response uh, was Dean I receiving from the community? Community, as we've, we've stated many, many times, uh, the community is very supportive of us coming in here and developing this project, um, increasing their life. Again, they're looking for jobs. You know, the statistics in Madagascar are somewhere around 80% unemployment rate in Madagascar. You know, the average person lives off or earns uh, less than 50 cents a day. So, you know, if we can provide good jobs uh, for the locals, I mean, that that is huge. And they welcome us uh, with open arms. You know, switching gears, the press release also referenced DNI update. What type of updates do you have for us, sir? Well, 
a couple things, and, and let's touch on um, about three different things uh, uh, that we've been working on. I just spent uh, about a month in Madagascar, I've been back a little over a week. Um, the focus of me going over there uh, was to meet with a number of our contractors, get a lot of uh, quotes for equipment and everything else for the pilot plant uh, that we have that we ha will have in operation before the end of the year. So when you give me an update about the pilot plant, I'm also gonna give you an update about the bulk sample uh, that we took from the property in, uh, in November and we shipped it to India and had it tested. And then we'll talk a little bit about uh, the uh, arbitration uh, with, uh, with Cougar. So first of all, let's talk uh, about the, the pilot plant um, and getting all of that organized. So we're very lucky. 50 kilometers down the road from our property is a, a Caterpillar dealership. Um, you know, I've been in there getting quotes from them, but there's also Komatsu. There's a number of other companies in Madagascar where we can get uh, all of uh, the equipment that we need. And what I mean by equipment, I mean the rolling stock or the you know the excavators, the bulldozers, everything like that. So I'm organizing and getting that all all ready. The pilot plant itself, um, we have engineered and designed it. So Maurice, what I want to do is uh, again talk more and more about the pilot plant here. But let's start with sort of the 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 big uh, picture. So let's start with where we are in Madagascar. Then we're going to zoom in to where the pilot plant uh, is possibly going to go. We have an opportunity of a couple different locations where we can put it. And then I'm going to talk a little bit about the components that make up the pilot plant. Okay. So again, most of our listeners have seen this before, but, but here's our two properties. We have the Voitsera property, this L-shaped, and the square-shaped property called the Marafuti. You can see that historically the uh, USGS um, or, the, or the US Geological Survey did um, uh, put these maps together and showed where historically there was graphite mines and where they were found. You can see that there's numerous um, uh, north-south lines on both of our properties. Okay, Now, we're 50 kilometers to a port. We always stress this and we make sure that people understand that. And also remember that one of the reasons why we're focused in this area that they've been producing graphite for 100 years. There's an operating mine just to the south here. There's another operating mine right here right now and historical mines again throughout this whole area. And Dan, let why me just, Dan, area, if I may, just interject here for someone new listening yep. here. This, this port that you just referenced here, this is a world-class port, correct? That is correct, yeah. It, it, it sits right up here, again, only 50 kilometers away. Um, it, there was a billion dollars spent on it uh, within the last 10 years, and there was an announcement by a Japanese firm where they're going to extend it out even further out to take uh, the uh, newer ships. Currently, it can take um, the second largest container ships in the world. The biggest ships in the world can't come in here yet because of depth but they're expanding that out. Every day there's container ships that come in and out of this port, so 
shipping graphite is very simple for us um, with multiple, multiple different carriers coming in and out of here. Okay. The other thing is, and, and let's just talk a little bit about the saprolite again, just to remind people. The reason why we're focused on this area is because of the saprolitic type material. It's a weathered rock. You can see here where most of Madagascar is very, very dry. Where we are, the wind comes in off the ocean, and as the warm, moist air comes in, there's a ridge that runs uh, along the coast. It goes up 1,400 meters, and it dumps all the water in this area. Saprolite is just another term for weathered rock in a climate that is hot and gets lots of rainfall. That's where you find it. So let's zoom in now. So Maurice, as I said, we're going to zoom in here. Um, you know, we all know North America. Let's go around here to where we are in uh, uh, in Madagascar. Again, Madagascar just being this island off the coast of Africa. I'm just going to orientate us uh, ourselves here a little bit. Let's just change it so that we're running north-south like this, and we'll start to zoom in. Um, we're over on the east coast, as we mentioned before. So let's zoom in here a little bit further. I've got all sorts of markings in here that I keep track of different things. So let's just continue to zoom in. I apologize if this takes a second. So we're now down in our area. The main highway uh, that you saw before is this line that runs north-south here. Um, we have uh, the entrance here is a road to our second property called Marifuti. And this is the entrance, the road that we, we built into our uh, first area. So we, when we build the pilot plant, we have a couple different locations where we can put the, the pilot plant. And it will be modular that over time, we may move it to a few different places. So let's look at the Marifuti property, which is that square property that we have. Um, we have a very good gravel road that runs into the property here. There's a nice big river out here because we're going to need water. When you're processing the graphite through the plant, it, 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 it's about 50% water and 50% of the ore or the dirt that we feed into the plant um, to, to make it move through the plant, okay? And I'll show you some pictures in a minute about that. So again, here's the main highway. We have an opportunity where we could put the processing plant here and the tailings out here. These are a bunch of rice paddies. So that would be right next to the road. That might be one uh, place where we'll set up the pilot plant. Uh, a couple of the other areas where we could set it up out here in the Marifuti, uh, there are the graphite areas. So this will be a mine. This will be another mine. Again, the road runs up through the middle. We could set up the pilot plant here, put all the tailings down here. We're still close enough to the river to to bring up uh, the water to to uh, uh, to be able to use it. Okay. Water. People, it's a concern. People always ask about water. The reason, there's two reasons for this tailings ponds. One is to get rid of the dirt once we have taken the graphite out of the ore. The second is, is we collect the water. And what we do is, is we make what you call a tailings pond 
where the water settles here and all the fine material or the, the dirt or the dust in the water falls down to the bottom and we can reuse that water. What will happen is, is we will reuse about 90% of the water through our processing plant. We'll have to make up with about 10% of the water on a daily basis because out in the tailings ponds, you get some evaporation from the water. So we'll have to bring in some clean water uh, in conjunction with that. It's just called the makeup water. So that's one opportunity is on, on the, or a couple different opportunities on the Marifuti property where the pilot plant will be situated. On the Voitsera property, uh, the property that we have done uh, all the drilling on, um, we have the main zone here with an outline of, of the main zone. This is the road that we built that comes into the main zone over here. The village that I mentioned just sits right off, uh, right to the side here. Um, and, and the water well that we built or drilled is just sits right in here, okay? The river, there's a smaller river that runs through here, but there's lots of flow through that. We'll have plenty of water for the property. Um, we enter our road, our new road comes in off here. I'm just gonna zoom in a little bit here. We'll put a warehouse right here so the trucks can be loaded uh, right here and then taken right up to the port. The containers actually on a truck uh, goes right up to the port and gets shipped out. There is a big area here that is currently a rice paddy. It'll be a perfect location for, um, for a tailings pond. This is the southwest zone that we've drilled off. So there's lots of ore that we can bring from there and we can bring the ore over down the road from the main zone to put it here where the processing plant would go here. So as I said to you before, Maurice, we have multiple choices, whether we want to build the, put the pilot plant on the Voitsera property first or over on the Marifuti property. Those will be one of the two areas. So what I'm going to do now, we're going to switch over here and we're going to look at the flow sheet for the processing plant. So as I mentioned, the ore will be brought over to the processing plant. It'll be stockpiled. Uh, that it will then go through the processing plant, okay? We have mentioned in other interviews where graphite is what you call, it's hydrophobic. It hates water. So, so think of oil and water. They don't mix. They try and get away from each other. Graphite's very similar to that. Tries to get away from the water. So this looks very complicated but I'm gonna break it down here a little bit and just keep in mind, the whole purpose of this is to separate out the graphite, which is what we wanna sell, and the uh, getting rid of the, uh, the dirt or the, the tailings that go out to the tailings pond, okay? So it, it, it's not that complicated, it's fairly simple, but I'll, I'll break it down through this, okay? So. It gets fed in, uh, will, in, in most operations, if this was a hard rock deposit, this would be a massive big area. You'd have multiple crushers, um, uh, grinding circuits, and this would be cost over a third of your project, just a third to a half of the project, just in this area. And the cost of all these different grinding mills and everything else in a hard rock circuit can be very expensive. 
for us because we're starting with that saprolytic type material think of uh, clay material or a sandy type material what we're doing is is we drop it into a hopper we put it through a roll crusher a trommel and then a polishing mill um, and really all we're doing is basically breaking up some of the clumps we're adding water to it as we do that and it just breaking up some of the clumps there isn't this hard rock where we've got to crush and grind it this is simply breaking up some of the clumps um, before we put it into the flotation tanks okay so once we get it through the polishing mill then it gets put into the conditioning tank and into what we call the first set of flotation tanks which is, is what is called a rougher okay I'm going to use terms like rougher and cleaner I'll explain that as we go along so the rougher is, is, is taking the initial ore separating out some of the graphite the the graphite flows down here to a cleaning circuit and you'll have multiple different cleaning circuits again depending on what your client wants depending on the purity that the client wants as we put it through each one of these cleaning circuits we're purifying it as it goes we also have built within the cleaning circuit a secondary regrind circuit because in some cases what happens is if you have the flakes of graphite some of the um, or the dirt we call it gang gets caught in between the different flakes so using a small regrind circuit we can break apart those plates and get rid of the material in between which then gets fed back into a cleaning circuit and away you go there's two other flotation cells here so as the um, uh, tailings are fed out of the rougher we put them into uh, a couple different scavenger cells what the scavenger cells are doing is trying to get as much material out of there as we can get capture as much of the graphite which is then fed back into the rougher circuit there and also here um, before it goes out to the tailings pond okay so the the dirt flows this way out to the tailings pond the graphite flows back to the rougher over here and then down through the cleaning circuits the purification circuits and then ultimately out of the last cleaning circuit it goes into what we call a centrifuge a centrifuge is simply picture your washing machine at home for your clothes um, once it's gone through the washing cycle it spins around really really fast and it tries to get out as much water as it can before you put it into the dryers okay and we'll have diesel dryers uh, it's a big long cylinder that the material gets fed through um, as it's drying then it goes out into um, a screening area gets sorted to different sizes put into bags and shipped uh, whether it's to Korea to India and United States again multiple times we've talked uh, about those are our primary areas that we're focusing on so I'm gonna now flip to the next slide which shows where this all gets laid out on the property so Maurice our plant will be our pilot plant will be all built in containers 
So these squares here are representing 40 foot containers. So here I'm giving you the layout where everything's gonna be laid out on the property, okay? So the flotation cells that I mentioned, here's the rougher. You have your uh, scavenger uh, uh, circuits here. Then you have your different cleaning circuits. So each one of those gets a 40 foot container. Just to let you know, we designed this plant to, to make sure that it would fit in containers. This is the biggest plant that you could build that would fit into containers, okay? Just, just to clarify that, that was one of the criteria that we did when we were designing this. So you basically have seven containers sitting there. The rest of the material, including the conveyors and the trommels and, the, uh, and, and some of the polishing mill out the front, They'll come in a container, but they'll be set up on concrete pads uh, out in this area. Stockpile for all the material will go here. Then once it's gone through all the container circuits or the flotation cells, it gets brought out to the centrifuge, the heaters, the dryers, and, and everything else. You can see here, we need an area that's about 48 meters by about 60 meters across uh, this way. So we don't need a big area for this, um, but I really want to show everybody that we have it all engineered, designed exactly how we want to lay all of this out um, and, and how we want to proceed with, uh, with the pilot plant. So Maurice, in conjunction with the information I gave you from all the different flow sheets there, there's a couple other points I want to make about the, the pilot plant. We went out and we've already gotten quotes from three different groups in China, one group in here in, uh, in Canada. One of the Chinese groups has said to us that if we go with them, uh, that they can build the pilot plant within 60 days. Remember, it all gets put into containers uh, and it will take about 30 days for shipping. It probably takes another 60 days by the time we clear customs in uh, in Madagascar, get it to the um, to the property and set all the plants up. So we believe in the time frame we have here that by the end of the year uh, and hopefully sometime in the fall that we will be producing graphite uh, from the pilot plant. So I'm very excited about what we're doing. As the pilot plant is being built in China or, or here in North America, we will be preparing the site. Um, everything will be organized, ready. Uh, the, the tailings pond will be built. Everything will be ready. We'll probably even have a stockpile of material so that when the containers and everything get over there, we can start going right away. You know, this is quite exciting news for shareholders and a great combination of tangibles and intangibles. Before we close, Dan, uh, give us an update on the litigation with Cougar Metals. Yeah, Cougar Metals, um, I'm going to refer everybody to the uh, press release um, because it's, it's, a, it's a press release or, or the information in the press release um, was put together by our lawyers. So I think it's better that people just go to our press release and read the wording that we put in there. Um, this will stop me from getting into trouble uh, at all uh, with my lawyers uh, and the whole arbitration process. Um, 
one other thing here we have, uh, Maurice, that we didn't mention was the bulk sample. In October, November, we uh, uh, went in and took a 40 ton bulk sample, 20 tons from the Southwest zone, 20 tons from the main zone. We shipped part of that. We shipped 28 tons of it to India. The uh, Indian group uh, is one of the largest producers in India. They've been producing graphite for about 80 years. They ran the material through their processing plant and they were very happy with the results that they got out of that. From those results, uh, we have been in negotiations uh, and I'm glad to say that we are in final discussions um, about them buying material from our pilot plant. So that's going very well. Uh, stay tuned over the next uh, little while. We should have some further news out on that. Looking forward to hearing about another offtake agreement there. Dan, what is the next unanswered question for DNI Metals? When should we expect a response and what determines success? So I think the biggest question that all of us have had uh, and, and definitely shareholders keep reminding me of this is getting the environmental license for both the Voitsera and the Marifuti properties. Again, the other reason why I was in Madagascar was I was working on that as well. Um, we're very close to completing all of that. Um, I know it's taken longer than most people expected. It's taken longer than I expected to complete this. But let's put this in perspective. You know, from the day that we put a geologist and and the and the biologists out on the site was about 12 months ago to to complete the environmental study. Um, that's taken seven months to do all the field work, create a 500 page report. And remember, we created 500 page reports for each property. They've all been filed. All of the uh, fees, the filing fees have all been paid for all of this. And we're just waiting for the license uh, to be granted to us. Now that whole process has been about seven months. You can see how um, efficient the Malagasy um, uh, process is in getting a license. You know, you try and get a environmental license in the United States, um, you know, you're not talking seven months, you're likely talking seven years. So it's great and, 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 and I know all of our shareholders want to see this happen as fast as possible. So do I, trust me. But we are basically at the one year, one yard, one yard line here, and it is getting done. Um, I assure you that we'll have this very soon. What is Plan B if Plan A doesn't work? Well, Plan A has always been that we wanted to get this uh, project into production. The pilot plant is part of that, is getting um, uh, uh, getting samples because we know, um, and this is what most people don't understand about a graphite project, is that we'll produce hundreds of different products. The key here is, is getting clients, okay? Is getting people that wanna buy our material. Getting this pilot plant up and running as soon as possible so that I can provide samples. And I'm not talking about, you know, 
one kilogram type samples. I'm talking about 20 ton type samples that we need to be able to deliver to potential customers. That is extremely important and that's what we are doing. A lot of other different graphite projects around the world, what they focused on was your traditional way of, 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 of moving a mining project forward where they went out, they bought a project, they drilled it, did a resource study, did feasibility studies, and um, tried to then go out and raise the money to put it into production. In a graphite uh, project, we have shown that that does not work. You've got to basically go out and get a pilot plant, get it going, get, um, get samples, build a customer base, and then you can build your final plant and start selling and uh, to your customers and work with your customers. So that's always been plan A. Plan B, uh, you know what? I don't really like plan B. Plan B would be go back, keep drilling, do a resource report, do all sorts of other studies. Plan B, again, really doesn't work for a graphite project. You wanna focus on plan A, get a pilot plant up and running, and with that pilot plant, uh, we can have some cash flow as well. That's the most important thing when you're building a graphite company. Last question. What did I forget to ask? I don't know. I think we covered pretty much everything here to today, Maurice. Um, I really appreciate the fact that you've been to the properties um, and, and I know how excited you are about seeing this being developed seeing the pilot plant get going here. So you know what? The local people are happy. I love working with all the local people and get going here on this project is absolutely amazing. And you know, having spent a month in Madagascar, you know, I love being there um, and we're so excited about getting this thing into, uh, uh, getting pilot plant up and running and ultimately selling to our customers. Dan, if investors want to get more information regarding DNI Metals, please share the contact details. Yes, you can get a hold of me anytime. Uh, my email address is danweir at dnimetals.com. That's danweir at dnimetals.com. Or I'll give you my cell phone. It's 416-720-0754. That's 416-720-0754. And as a reminder, DNI Metals is listed on the CSE symbol DNI and on the OTC symbol DMNKF. And last but not least, please visit our website, www.provenimprobable.com, where we interview the most respected names in the natural resource space. You may reach us at contact at provenimprobable.com. Dan Weir of DNI Metals, thank you for joining us today on Proven and probable. Thank you, Maurice. And for our listeners, we want to remind you that DNI Metals is a sponsor of Proven and Probable and that we are proud shareholders of DNI Metals for the virtues conveyed in today's message. Thank you for joining us today on Proven and Probable. Remember to like and subscribe for more conversations with the most respected names in the natural resource space. Check out our website at www.provenandprobable.com. The information presented on Proven and Probable 
is provided for educational and informational purposes only, without any express or implied warranty of any kind, including warranties of accuracy, completeness, or fitness for any particular purpose. The information is not intended to be and does not constitute financial, investment, or trading advice, or any other advice. You should not make any financial, investment, or trading decision based on any of the information presented without first undertaking independent due diligence and consultation with a professional broker or competent financial advisor.